Hi, welcome to New Zealand Vegan Podcast. I'm your host, Knuckles, and this is episode 15. Uh, Last week, I had Gary Francione, Distinguished Professor of Law at Rutgers University, and uh, he's a very well-known person, and so I think that um, I was very lucky to have him on the show. Um, I think that he had a lot of inspiring stuff to say about just activism in general, which was really helpful to me, and I hope to everybody listening. And I want to say hi to some people. Um, I got some comments on on the show. Um, uh, Nathan Schneider wrote to me, and he has a website called Vegan Abolitionist. So it's um, another blogger website like mine. So it's vegan-abolitionist.blogspot.com. And thank you so much for writing to me and for listening. And I'm going to put a link to your website on my blog. It's great to um, hear from other people who are spreading the same message. It's it's just really, really wonderful. And um, also, I got an email or a comment uh, as well from um, B. Elliot, who has a website, um, which is belliot.blogspot.com. And tons of links. Um tons of information about abolition and the reasons for why we're trying to promote this philosophy, abolition, and um, I'm just really, really thrilled to hear from you, and thank you so much for for listening and for getting in touch. I also want to give a shout out to Alex Melonas, and I received an email from her and her website is thatvegangirl.com. It's an awesome website and uh, a lot of information. And um, oh gosh, and I just opened her website now. And you know, to all you hunters who killed animals for food, shame on you. You ought to go to the store and buy the meat that was made there where no animals were harmed. Um, this is an newspaper article that Alex or someone has discovered and has put on, on here. I'll put a link to this blog as well. It's a great blog. Yeah, anyway, go read it. It looks like it's going to be it's gonna be great. It's called Rational Ignorance. Um, it looks very interesting. And um, I'm going to put a link. So there we go. Thanks for your email and support. And um, thanks for having a website about abolitionist veganism. It's so awesome. And um, I also heard from an Auckland vegan and um, she has a website called an Auckland vegan and the exact link is aucklandvegan.wordpress.com and it's fantastic uh, for me uh, because it's an Auckland website um, which is just really really nice but um, you know there's all kinds of great websites all over the world and one of the great things about what we're doing is we can hear about each other, get in touch with each other. Um, But Moira has um, a great website here. Um, In general, no matter where you live, I recommend checking it out. Um, Lots of really good food and um, advice um, where to eat in Auckland. If you come to Auckland and visit and you don't know where to go, you know, read, read uh, read Auckland Vegan and you will find the places to go, the food to eat, and it's a really good resource, and um, and also thank you so much for getting in touch with me, and I have to make a couple of corrections, um, Moira actually pointed out that uh, there are some white, I had made a comment to somebody on, on, on one of my episodes where I tried to talk about obesity and things like that, uh, I, I was a little out of my league, I was trying to um, 
debate with somebody, I guess, about obesity. But um, apparently, Moira um, has informed me that white sugar, um, New Zealand and New Zealand Chelsea sugar, is no longer uh, used bone char to make it white, which is what they used to do for a lot of sugar. So that's good news. And apparently, there's some other white sugars that are no longer non-vegan. So that makes me feel better. Um, the more products that uh, go that are no longer, yeah, the more products that go vegan, I, I'm very glad to hear it. Um, I wish it was for the right reason. Um, I'm sure Chelsea <laughs> Sugar had their own reason for doing it, but I'm just I'm glad that, that that's the truth. And also, um, I found out that um, I was wrong. You can be obese, clinically obese, on a vegan diet. So I was mistaken about that. Um, I would say it's a low percentage of people, but um, oh, it's not going to stop me from being vegan or spread the message. But I I do I will acknowledge when I give incorrect information. Um, so um, there's a link um, where I provided to some people talking about about those issues. Um, and um, but but most of the stories I read on there, people were just talking about being overweight, which is you know not the same. There were a couple of people who did say no, I am clinically obese, but they did say some of the people on this link was people who are um, overweight um, and a couple of people who were obese, actually obese, um, are still vegan for ethical reasons and are going to continue to be vegan. So. Um, that's that was the good thing that I got out of that. But um, anyway, thanks for setting me straight on those couple of things. Another thing I really have to correct, really important, is my friend. I keep talking about a friend of mine who I'm going. I'm trying to get him to see the um, the on abolitionistapproach.com. There's the theory of animal rights, which is my favorite video to show people, and they have it in all different languages. Um, all the videos on there are in all different languages, and it's in Portuguese. My friend is not Portuguese. He's Brazilian. So he said he might start listening to the podcast, uh, maybe because I told him I talked about him. I don't know, whatever it takes. But um, he's going to be mad because I said he was Portuguese and he's not. He's Brazilian, so better than me. Um, he, I hope I'm forgiven. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, so that was that was that was that. And um, and let me see. Now there was, and I opened my email uh, today, and I actually got another. A new another email from another listener who heard the Gary Francione interview as well, and um, his name is Callum and he's in Nova Scotia and he's listening, and um, I just want to give him a shout out and thanks for the email and um, and and you know hope that you keep in touch and um, you know maybe we can all network um, you know together. Um, but either way, I mean Nova Scotia, I'm pretty sure that there's not a lot of uh, people up there who are vegans, so you know that's really great that you're there in a place like that and you can um, be an example um, to that community. So um, really, really good to hear from you and thanks for writing. So just really great and I hope um, that everybody enjoyed and I hope I didn't miss anybody I'm not used to getting this many emails um, <laughs> so anyway um, thank you all for for listening um, I think that that's really great I want to um, promote another um, a, a local Auckland uh, business it's a vegan business and um, it's Angel Foods and it's unbelievable food it's um, I'm just going to go on their website because I want to give some some detailed information. The website is Angel Food 
www.co.nz and I'll put a link to my blog. It's a local business, New Zealand business, and it's purely vegan and it's just fantastic. Um, so it's really good because it's a difficult industry to be in in New Zealand. It's not like other places. Um, so it's quite difficult to have a vegan business here. So I try to uh, support as much as I can um, until more and more people start you know, buying the products. Um, and I would like to also say that there are these kits that you can make and you can make your own meringue and um, it's a delicious dessert and um, Alice from uh, Angel Food has come up with the most incredible vegan meringue cookie mix and they're actually available through through the internet in America and Canada as well and um, and then there's also the coolest one is marshmallows she's developed vegan marshmallows I believe they're the only ones in the world and um, I've eaten them and they're awesome so I just want to see um, some of these other websites where you can buy these marshmallow kits and these meringue kits and you can help support um, probably the only a sort of vegan caterer, purely vegan caterer in um, in New Zealand. Um, let me say, if you actually go on L, um, on Angel Foods website and you just go to stockists, you will see where you can get these, and there are links to places in the United Kingdom, and also in America. And then there's quite a lot of of places that are stocking them, and in the states, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So there's seven websites that are stocking it. So, um, all right. So anyway, thanks everybody for letting me put um, your links on my on my blog and for um, linking my blog to your blog as well um, and um, just for all the support and for listening. And um, I'm glad that uh, we had a lot of positive feedback from the interview last week. I think it went really well. Um, there was a lot of inspirational stuff in there. I always get inspired when um, I hear um, Gary Francione speak, and speaking to him was really very inspiring. So I'm hoping to um, the type of activism that I've always that I've wanted to do ever since I found out that I wanted to be an activist, and this is the type of activist I wanted to be, was exactly what we were talking about, what Gary told us about when he was talking about those people in Spain. Um, I'm only comfortable doing that kind of activism because I do I do have very strong feelings about why we should I really believe in promoting vegan education I believe in it and one of the reasons why is because I'm being true to myself I think it is wrong to use animal products so I don't use them but if I believe that if that is what I truly believe then that's the only valid or true Lot, you know, the sort of being true to myself thing that I that I will talk about. If I believe in peace, then I'm not going to promote violence. If I believe in that all use all animal use is wrong, and I do believe that, I'm not going to talk about anything but abolishing that use. So, I definitely think that the only thing that's going to change is vegan activism. I don't think that any of the welfare moves work the way that they are now. I mean, I don't really know what, what's going to happen in the future when there's a higher percentage of vegans on the planet. Up to 20% would be amazing. I mean, that would help us so much. Then maybe, and I, I mean, I don't know though, um, but maybe there could be measures put into place that really made a difference. Definitely 20% less of the population of the world purchasing the products will make a huge difference to the amount of, of products being made, the amount of animals being used anyway. So I think that that is the strongest way to go. But I'm just not comfortable... I would not be comfortable um, going around telling people about this other type of, you know, well, you can eat these type of, you know, let's let's tell people to eat these type of, of 
farms uh, of these types of produced animals because it's not being true to myself. It's not what I believe in. So the only way I can sound sincere and valid, the only way that I have confidence to do a podcast or to talk to people, because before I wanted to do this stuff, I didn't know anything to do with any group discussions or, you know, I have my opinions and I, you know, have a couple of glasses of wines and go on a rant about the government or something. But I really wasn't really into this kind of thing. I just wanted to keep to myself. I liked my friends. I didn't really feel like going up to complete strangers. But now, you know, I do. I do. I do want to do it. I've changed and I have to battle my, you know, insecurities and I have to you know, put up with the fact that I'm going to make mistakes and that I'm going to be insulted, probably. Um, but I'm also going to get amazing, you know, contact with unbelievable people who feel the same way that I feel, which is just is so hope-giving to me. And there's some of these people are from the far reaches of the earth, and I just admire them so much. A lot of them are a lot younger than me. So it really gives me a lot of hope and support. And, um, uh, and it makes it easier to do it you know, um, and, I, and I'm really, really lucky compared to some people, I mean, yeah, there is, there is a lot of, um, uh, there's vegan awareness, you know, here, I mean, um, we just want to make it more, but what, once we get a bigger population of the planet as vegan, yeah, maybe we can really do some things, but until we get that, you know, that that's what we have to concentrate on, so I wouldn't be being true to myself unless I was talking and writing and thinking and, and, and doing activism to abolish all use of animals, so, I mean, that's why I do it. I mean, you know, you have to be true. Um, My father always used to say to me, to thine own self be true. It's some Latin saying. I guess my school had it on their, like, school pin or something, maybe. Or he gave it to me anyway. He gave me a pin with it on or something. And, yeah, I think that's really true. I mean, I don't kid myself. I don't try to, um, you know, we have to be aware that we're not, we can't elevate ourselves to any kind of special, um, you know, special level of or anything like that. I mean, um, we're just people which is people, um, and we have our faults, and, um, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, as long as you acknowledge it, and you don't try to elevate yourself to sainthood or anything like that, um, but that's why I will never be able to feel comfortable, um, promoting anything but veganism, and, I mean, I'm never going to get sick of the word, I don't get sick of saying it, I think there was a comment about my podcast from somebody that, somebody had relayed that someone had listened, this person, I believe, who listened was vegetarian, um, and was a member of a group who did some activism or something, welfare activism. And they said, well, you know, all she talks about is veganism. Uh, so maybe when she comes up with some other stuff, I'll I'll listen to it. And I'm like, well, sorry, you know, <laughs> that's all I'm going to talk about. I mean, it's more than just that word, though. It encompasses so many different things. That's the word that we use to describe somebody um, or, you know, who does not use animal products. I mean, it would be nice if we could just call ourselves human beings and 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 a human being meant, you know, somebody who eats plant food and doesn't, you know, exploit animals, um, but it doesn't. Um, so we we have this name um, that we've, we use because uh, it's a very definite, it's a, it's a choice that, that you've made and we need a way to describe it. Uh, so we've wrapped it up in this word, um, but it, it encompasses so many other things. So yeah, I do say the word a lot and I talk about it, but that's because that's what it is. I'll never get sick of talking about it. You know, I wish I wish we didn't have to. I wish we didn't have to talk about it, but I think we do. The bottom line, the way that I, the way that I look at, at myself, because I struggled a lot um, when I first, you know, what I call, it's like I, I woke up. I was, I felt like I was asleep my whole life, and I, and I just woke up. And when I re- realized it's like a rude awakening, and I was just like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Well, 
the first thing that you can do is go vegan and as Gary Francione said that is the best form of well, the, the best form of activism right from the get-go even if you don't want to do anything else is to just be vegan so it is very um, I do feel I feel like I am I am helping I, and that's a really wonderful thing you know no matter what no matter what happens no matter what my influence is or isn't I am not participating in that and I'm upping the demand for for vegan products by my purchasing of them and I am trying to educate people about veganism anyway and um, get, get get to as many people as I can. And, and I think it's just education and just, you know, opening people's minds. Um, if, you, if you do it and say you didn't see a movie or you didn't um, go through any kind of uh, shock, you know, something didn't shock you into becoming vegan like it does some people. Um, I'm really inspired by these other people, these young people who have been writing to me, um, 20-year-olds and and all this who just went vegan because they thought about the issue and they just came to the conclusion that it was wrong. I mean, I know that sounds really simple and maybe a lot of you have done that, but I didn't do that. I mean, yeah, I did. I mean, overall, but, you know, I, I some things really, you know, I had to go through some pretty intense uh, wake-up calls before I came to that conclusion. It took me a lot longer. So, you know, people are already coming to that conclusion on their own, but... Um, but one of the things I wanted, when I was talk, when I was thinking about these things during the week, and I was thinking about how other movements or other, like, you know, slavery and women's movement, the one thing, the one thing that we have, the one thing that we were able to do, us women, and also those slaves, well, they were human beings, so they actually, after a while, with help from other people, they could help themselves. They could help themselves because they were human beings. They had a voice. They had, once they were allowed, or once they snuck away to be educated, they could read and write. And as we know, words are very powerful. I mean, all I'm trying to use is that to get to people. That, that it's a very powerful thing for us, is, is words. Um, is extremely powerful thoughts that, that are given to us by words which is why you know we can do this kind of activism and it really works you know because this is the way that we communicate and this is the way we form our thinking so the thing about women and the thing about slaves is they even through horrible oppression and things like that they could um there came a time where they could help themselves they could begin to help themselves well animals domestic animals well any animals they're they never they can't help themselves they can't ever form a political party, get a few people, you know, get enough animals together and, you know, write books and open people's minds. They they are, have absolutely no way of getting out of, of this at all. It's only up to us. They can't free themselves. They cannot free themselves. Um, no matter how many of them, I mean, they're completely, completely helpless in the situation that we've put them in. And it's really... We're the only ones who can can free them. Are the ones who have enslaved them, and you know. The, and the bottom line is, yeah, that that's still key to all these other forms of oppression. I mean, without the person stopping doing the oppression by whatever reason, whether they were forced to do it through community, you know, outrage, or whether they had a saw the light and had an epiphany, or whether they just were actually unable to do it because there were measures in place in place preventing them from doing it. Yeah, they they have to they have to stop themselves but it's it's just different for animals in the way that they're they 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 can never even begin to help themselves or they're completely helpless and um we are the only ones who can help them um and we will have to help them from the beginning right to the very very end there's never going to be a time 
where we can say, okay, you're on your own, you know. That's why um, the institution of domestication is inherently wrong and I don't support it at all. Um, I hope a lot of people, um, you know, I struggled with the pet with the pet issue for a while myself, but I don't struggle with it anymore. The reason I struggled with it is because I love, I love being close to animals, but it's a selfish need. And anyway, another thing I tell people when, you know, who are not even vegan, for example, who are all outraged, you know, maybe I tell some people to go on abolitionistapproach.com or something and they, they hone in on, on anything that they can to, to avoid confronting the real issue, right? That's what people do. They'll hone in on the pet issue. He says we shouldn't even have pets and they think it's just outrageous and I love my cat and no, 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 no. And, um, and I say to them, well, first of all, if you haven't even stopped eating animals, then it's highly unlikely you're going to see why we should not have them as pets. Anyway, number one. But number two, I say, you know, the bottom line is it's not going to affect you anyway. That's, that's not going to affect you, okay? If people go vegan tomorrow, it's going to affect them in a positive way, in my opinion. But yeah, their life is going to change. They are going to change the way they eat, change the way they shop, change the products they buy, um all those things and it's going to have a direct effect on their life but you know we're very far from I mean I say what I say to them is look first of all forget that don't even worry about that because that that, that's not even going to happen um, for a very very long long time and that's not going to affect you anyway so you know don't even focus on that and I say you could adopt 10 dogs and cats a day every day for the rest of your life until the day you die I tell these people you know who are all upset about the pet issue I'm like look it's a theory. It's it's a truth. It's it's a goal, but um, you could at the way things are, you could adopt a ten dogs and ten cats a day, every day of every single year until you die, and still not even make a dent in the amount of billions and billions of dogs and cats that there are on the planet, and most of them are suffering horrifically, and many 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 of them are being violently killed, so. If people do, because people will will do that, they'll focus in on these on these types of things. It was like um, anyway, and then so they use it as an excuse to not even think about veganism or go you know go vegan at all. It's like oh no no, it's all crazy because they say we shouldn't have pets and they say that cats can eat vegan food, so it's all insane, you know. And they try to sort of like oh no no, dismiss the whole thing. And you have to watch that and point them back and say no 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 no, hang on a second. First of all, just why don't you know let's forget all that other stuff and let's just talk about veganism in your own life as an individual um let's go there then you can philosophize and you can discuss for um a hundred hours a week the philosophy behind domestication and why you know what, what you think about that is and all the contingencies and all that stuff because you're not going to have to worry about that anyway in your life um but um I try to focus them back towards, I say, look, don't even worry about that stuff right now. That's not really relevant, really, right now to what I'm trying to talk to you about, which is, why do you buy animal products if you think it's wrong to make them suffer, you know? So, um, because, yeah, people do focus in on, on those kinds of issues. So I don't I don't bring those up, but they always bring them up to me, because they'll go on the websites and they'll go straight for that and say, oh, no, no, it's all crazy, look at this. I'm like, why are you even worried about that? Um... You know, you you know that that's um just go vegan first, and then see how your mind changes. You know, once you start going vegan for moral reasons, and you start to think about it every day, you see, because 
every time they go shopping and every time they buy something, they're forced to think about the issue. Um, I remember I was at the supermarket yesterday with um, my landlady, and um, she was very kind to give me a ride down to the supermarket because I was cooking, and I had forgotten to get a couple of ingredients. And we were walking around the supermarket, and, you know, I've n- the difference in the way I shop and the way... The difference between the way I would say are vegan shops, uh, especially in a, in, a, in a a country where there's not a lot of uh, publicity or options, like there's no vegan section, you know, you can't just go and say, all right, I mean, I remember wine stores that I used to go into in New York, where there was the vegan wine section, I didn't even have to think about it, I just say, oh great, I'll go to the vegan wine section, well you don't have that here, you have to look at every single bottle, you have to research the, the winemaker, as, and, and if you ask the wine, the people who even, you know, are like the, the owner of the wine shop, even a boutique wine shop, I'm like, do you, have, what, do you know which wines are vegan? They don't even know, you know what that means. So I educate them as well every single time. I say, well, let me tell you what vegan wine is. So if anybody comes in here, now you know. And um, um, I've lost my train of thought. Oh, right. So when you go shopping, when I was shopping with my landlady, we were walking around the supermarket. And, you know, she's like, all right, chocolate biscuits, grab, grab those ones, throw them in the bag. You know, everything. And, and I mean, the way I have to do it or want to do it or choose to do it if I want to be vegan is I have to examine the packet very closely. Sometimes I have to pull out my little book to find out if it has animal products or not. And then once you do that a few times, you get to know the products in your supermarket and you know what you're not going to buy. Um, so I'm very specific about what I buy and I shop a lot slower and I'm very, a lot care, more careful. And I haven't had much of a chance to get into the to the issue um, as much as I'd like with, with, with her because um, she gets very uncomfortable by it and I have let her, I guess I let her off the hook. Um, I'm trying to sort of know how to draw that fine line, that distinction. I talked about it with Professor Francione, and I said, you know, he says, look, you can't just, I don't just let people off the hook. Um, you see how far you can go, um, and then you can back off. But um, I remember we were walking around yesterday, and she's like, oh, I feel, gu- I feel guilty buying meat, you know, when I'm with you. But, you know, every single thing in the shopping cart was some kind of non-vegan product. So it's not just, you know what I mean? So I was like, um, everything that you've bought is um, not, you know, is something that I wouldn't want, that I wouldn't buy and that I wish you wouldn't buy. So yeah, the meat, you can see, you can see the blood of the animal that died on the meat. You can see its flesh. Um, When you buy milk, you just see a nice little carton and it's just a little box with a pretty picture of a cow in a field looking all happy on it and you know so but to me it's all the same so I just said to her yeah you know she didn't doesn't really get it yet I mean I didn't say go buy your meat and in fact I, I, I deliberately didn't make too much of a big deal out of it because I hoped that she wouldn't buy any <laughs> um I really did and we actually went past it and we bypassed it and I was thinking yes you know <laughs> because Anything, anything I, you know, that she doesn't buy because of my influence, I'm, is I'm glad. But you know, you're surrounded by it. It's funny. People will say things like, "Oh no, you know, I, I feel so bad for you because I was barbecuing the other night." I don't know if anybody else listening has those kinds of things said to them by people, and people start to make it about you. And I really want to stop that. Like, I'll, you know, everybody that I've ever met since I came back to New Zealand knows that I'm vegan. They know why, and I've at least slipped in some little commentary, you know, about it. And then the comments I'll get later from people who really haven't um, gone too far with the whole thing. It'll be things like, oh, I feel really bad for you because I, I barbecued the other night. Could you smell it or something like that? And first of all, I could not survive in this world. I would literally go insane because, you know, you're surrounded by it. 
every single second of every single day just go out and just watch people in the supermarket watch people walking by you know watch tv read a book it's everywhere so because we're so so in the minority as i say so many times because i really think it makes a difference obviously um we have to tolerate a level of distress you know that um i mean you know people who are fighting against child molestation you know they don't walk on every street corner and there it is you know but it still exists and now i'll do anything to stop child molestation as well if i can but um you know you're not surrounded by it every single day everywhere you go but but a vegan is surrounded by um, animal use, animal exploitation, every single second of every single day, and you know if we don't, if we can't cope with it, we'll never be able to do anything. So the things that we have to cope with are way beyond one person having a barbecue on Sunday because it's every day. So I try not to make it about me. It's like oh no, we can't. Oh, let's not offend the vegan. You know, it's like it's not about that. It's not about me. Um, it's not about my feelings. It's not about my sensibilities. You know. Um, so I'm try- I try to make people aware of that. I say, look, don't think about me when you're barbecuing. Think about the animals you're barbecuing. That's what you should be thinking about if you're really thinking about the issue at all. If I'm trying to have any way of uh, any kind of influence at all um, with the things that I'm trying to pass along and the things that we're trying to say, this activism that we do, just talking about this, um, you know, don't don't make it about me. It's not about me. So if you're having a barbecue and you want to face the issue, don't say, oh, poor vegan, you know, she's going to smell this. Well, I'm not the one on the barbecue. So I think it's important for people to get away from that as well. Because what, if I'm not home and my windows are closed, then you can have your barbecue and it's okay? Uh, no. What, one of the things I kind of realized... Um, not necessarily for the first time, but I kind of thought about it was because we were talking so much about comparison to slavery and and to the women's movement and um and I think about the domestic animals and any wild animals that are being hunted or poached. They can't start a movement, they can't start a newspaper, they can't start a website, they can't make speeches, they can't do anything about it. It's totally up to us, so let's do it. I mean, it's it's a basic. It's a it's even when I, when I was looking for the sheep article, when when Jordan sent me the link and said, you know, look, uh, I, I went and checked it out, and the main point that I wanted to make about that article is, is the same point that we make about about um, all all of the moral schizophrenia in our society's uh, treatment of of animals. But um, yeah, I just want to. S- the thing so when i when i went and looked at that um at that article right i did have a look at it um what it says in the news i mean the the angle that our newspaper took obviously was not about veganism it was about sheep exports to saudi arabia will ruin new zealand's trade reputation so when when jordan sent me the article i i went on the link and i checked it out and they're going to Saudi Arabia, not Mecca, so please excuse me. But at the same time, on, on that day that I was looking for that article, um, uh, right on the same site, there was a, um, a, a another article on the same page, and it was about a man in the part of New Zealand, if the wannabe correct pronunciation is Fitianga, it's a Māori word, and um, it says, Fitianga man banned from keeping farm animals for two years, and this guy has been fined $4,000 for numerous animal cruelty charges to cows and goats. 
five charges which occurred between July 6 and August 14. So he's been fined a little under $5,000 and he's going to pay the SPCA maybe 3000 for the costs. Listen to this article. He was fined $1,000 and $130 costs. I guess costs is the cost that it, for the SPCA to investigate it for ill-treating a cow. He caused it to suffer pain and distress that was unreasonable and unnecessary. I'm not going to go into the detail of what he did. But, you know, these people are, the people writing this story, it's not about veganism, it's not about animal rights, it's not about, it's about this, what they have come up with in this one case, this guy was done for unnecessary cruelty, but they don't see anything wrong with the actual farming of the cow. So, you know, um, when you read an article like this... <laughs> The woman says, we're pleased with the result. We hope this will be seen as a case which serves as a deterrent to others. Well, I think, for one thing, I don't know how much money he makes off his farm, but I don't know, $5,000, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not going to be put in jail. He's not going to be, he's just going to be cost money and he's not allowed to farm animals. And get this, for two years. So in two years, this guy can go back to farming animals. So... Um, what I try to do when I read things like this is it just reinforces what we're up against. I just use it as experience. I use it as a, a basis for knowledge, for learning about how to talk to people, because this is what we're dealing with um, when we're talking to everyday people about veganism. Um, this is the, the, the this is a the, the thing that I used to do when I was an animal lover. You know, who ate meat? This is what we do. And so we do need to capitalize on it. We need to learn how to capitalize on it effectively. Um, it's one of the things I'm trying to learn how to do. We need to learn how to capitalize on things like this effectively. Um, I, if, if somebody, if we could just get somebody working for the newspaper, for example, who was a vegan, who was, you know, if it got to the point where there was enough people in society who would buy newspapers about vegan articles, and if a vegan wrote this article, as opposed to whoever did write this article, the person writing this article could comment on the fact that this man who was found guilty of five charges between July 6th and August 7th, and how he was fined, and what he was, you know, charged for, and what the judge said, and things, and they could really use this as an example to wake people up, um, to point out the fact that, you know, anybody who cares about what this guy's doing for this animal, um, we need to all take a good look at all the animals that we're treating, I mean, look at any farm animal, I mean, anyway, I just, I would love to see that, so... When I try to get um, people to go vegan, I'm hoping that if we can convince, a, you know, maybe a 13-year-old or a 14-year-old, and when they get into the career, whatever it is, maybe they're a writer or maybe they're a television personality, and they can be a voice, a public voice, um, and we can have articles written from that point of view. Um, at the moment, um, I don't know if anybody's really trying to do that, or uh, maybe the newspaper editor or the owner of the newspaper is going to turn around and say to somebody, we're not interested, nobody's interested in that. Well, we need more people interested and we're the consumers so we, we have this power so um, those are the kind of things that we, that we need to, to get going um, so the more of us that do our own little public thing in our part of the world um, and we don't just keep it in, in, in us we don't just keep it in a circle of, of people we, we spread we allow it accessibility to everyone, everybody um, and when we get to the point where we have um, a good percentage of people who are vegan and a good percentage of all over the world and everything from politics to medicine to veterinarian to to everything, um, then we can really start to make a difference. Um, we really, really can. But we we have to get those people in 
in those positions and make enough people who are so it's you know economically worthwhile i mean unless we can change the whole way the world works economically we have to work in the system um you know i hope it would change i think there's a disgusting gap between rich and poor i mean it's absolutely disgusting all over the world um in some countries worse than others and yeah but um in the meantime this is a system that we have so if we could get um enough of us um a good percentage of us that's all it takes we start to become a powerful you know, cons- like that that's how a lot of gay and, and um, lesbian um, activists um, started to demonstrate their power. Um, they used their force as an economic, you know, as a consumer base. And they have a lot of money and they're a big part of society. I mean, gay and lesbian people are a huge, huge percentage, I mean, compared to, for example, vegans. So they have a, a economical power and they have an information, information flow power. And then you have gays, politicians coming out. I mean, we need more vegan politicians coming out of the closet. <laughs> Go vegan and then come out of the closet about it. <laughs> and another powerful, powerful example from history that I think is, is really useful to think about. Um, when the civil rights movement was really getting going, um, after Rosalie Parks, you know, got a, wouldn't refuse to go to the back of the bus and everything like that, people had been fighting, you know, this disoppression, racism and segregation in the South, you know, for decades. You know, Martin Luther King was a real leader. And but the one of the things the when when they when Rosalie Parks refused to get uh, to the back of the bus and she was arrested and then everybody really started to um, pay attention to that woman and what she did. Um, it lit a fire inside people and you know what they did the the most as the most effective the, the way that they actually got the segregation to stop on the buses amongst other things of course raising consciousness getting enough of the public behind the morality of it. Um, but you know they didn't really even have a lot of the public on their side down there in in the, in the south, <laughs> um, or not any of the public who controlled uh, any of the resources or had you know the political power, etc., which were the segregationists. But you know how they got them to they forced them to get um, to stop the segregation on the buses was they boycotted the bus system, and all of those people were the people who used the bus system. They were what kept the bus system going economically because nobody else has really used the bus. They did to go to their jobs, to go to their um, you know, low-paid jobs that were far, far away from where they lived, they used the bus, and they all boycotted the bus systems, and they helped each other by giving each other rides in their cars, people sometimes walked, they would get up super early, uh, way earlier than they used to, and walk as much as they had to walk in order to avoid taking the bus, and they, they won, they got the right to sit on the buses because the Montgomery bus system depended on them financially, and they boycotted them. So don't underestimate this power that we have as consumers and why why it's one of the things I stress the most. I just think it's a very effective tool and we have to use the tools that we've got. And, um, you know, uh, civil rights and and equality amongst um, human beings was a hugely important issue. And we had inspirational speakers and books and unbelievable poetry and art and wonderful leaders like Martin Luther King and all that. But um, what really made the actual thing turn over with regard to the buses, with regard to not having segregation on their bus line, I don't know enough about the entire story to make any other generalizations, but with specifically with that is they hit them where it hurts, which is in the pocket. And that's the power that we have as consumers. We have that power. So um, 
going vegan, you're already exercising that power and you're already doing something very effective. The more people you can get to go vegan, the more power that we can have. So we can boycott certain things. Um, we could um, get a group big enough, to a percentage of the world big enough, that can you imagine, like if we boycotted the Olympics um, because we wanted it to be all vegan catered or something like that. Um, you know, if we had enough percentage of the population, that's how we could start wielding some political power. So yeah, I'm not going to waste my time um, going to try to vote for somebody who is slightly more compassionate about the sheep going to Saudi Arabia, you know, but that's just a political thing anyway. I mean, that has nothing to do with the animals, believe me. I mean, it's about the image of New Zealand. The basis of the story was that it was going to be bad for our image because we were sending these animals to these Muslims over in Saudi Arabia, and we all know Saudi Arabia, that's where the 9-11 terrorists came from, and they're Muslim, as, and I believe that Gary's right, they are the victim du jour, and a lot of the outrage was that we don't want to send our, our sheep, you know, to these people, and it'd be bad for our image and our image in what in the western world in the world that's sort of against the muslims so yeah i mean they don't care about the animals and it's got nothing to do with that but if we can turn around and have enough power to say um you know we're going to boycott everything that doesn't have a vegan option and we would just help each other we'd do whatever we can to help each other support each other whatever it is that we're boycotting i mean this is all in the future i mean this is when we have a certain percentage of the population um we need a definite percent i mean a, a, a sort of statistician or an economist could could let us know what the percentage is that's needed, you know, taking into regard all these variables or whatever. But let me tell you one thing, it's definitely more than 1%, which is what we've got now. So um, don't underestimate their power. Don't underestimate their power that we have. Okay. Anyway, I think I don't want to get in over my head again. So I think I'll just leave it at that for this week. Um, there was... Um, there's always, always so much stuff going on um, uh, that I want to... Um, get to. Um, there's a very big issue that I've been wanting to talk about for ages and I think I might be ready to tackle it. Um, it's it's definitely a big issue in New Zealand but um, we'll see. And you know anybody who who's listening who lives um, anywhere and who wants to come on the podcast and uh, so it's not just me all the time it'd be great you know come on and we can talk about some stuff. Um, related to abolitionist veganism and anybody listening who's in the Auckland region who wants to put to participate in the kind of activism that Gary was talking about in Valencia um, uh, who needs uh, you know who would like to sort of organize something like that um, please contact me um, I will I'll be able to contribute um, certain things and you can contribute certain things and and the main thing we need is the will and we just make the time and we just do it um, and we have to educate ourselves about where we can do it and how we can do it you know legally and things like that and where we can be effective doing it so I hope to hear you know I hope to get that going um, otherwise I need to just do it myself and, I, and I'm um, not proud that I haven't done it already because uh, I keep talking about it and I still don't do it so anyway I just feel a new uh, sort of uh, I don't know, a whole new um, lease of life, you could say. So thank you for all the support and um, for doing what you do. And a lot of people have been doing this for a long, long time. So I'm really, really glad that, that um, you know, they're there. And uh, I, I also want to thank Jordan Wyatt for sending me the article about um, the news uh, presentation about the whole issue with the um, New Zealand uh, trade of live sheep between Saudi Arabia and New Zealand and yeah it was a, it was a good angle 
So um, there's plenty more of, of stories like that. Um, this one was quite a big one because, you know, everybody was talking about it. Random people were talking about it in the lunchroom at my job. And gosh, if I could have just gone up to every single one of them and tapped them all on the shoulder. I didn't. Anyway, thanks, Jordan. Um, and um, Oh, and I want to plug also, Jordan did a podcast, um, Joe, Jay Won't Doubt. Um, I'll put a link to it. Um, this week, uh, or last week, Jordan did a, uh, a podcast on on veganism, and he talked about some really, and he pointed out some really interesting stuff. He, um, I talked about how I went vegan, and he very kindly put that on the podcast, and he plugged my podcast, um, and it was really supportive. So, yeah, that that was um, that that's the um, an, an episode of Jay Won't Diet's podcast where it, it discusses animal issues. So, uh, check it out. I'll put a link to that uh, also on my blog, and um, and you can hear another Kiwi vegan talk about these things. Alrighty, uh, thanks for listening. Oops, I always forget. Uh, my email address is nzveganpodcast at me.com and my blog address is nzveganpodcast.blogspot.com and I've said my email address wrong many times, I think. Um, so uh, <laughs> that's not very clever, but that, that that's the right email address NZ Vegan Podcast, all one word at me.com. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye.